here in the second line studio. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Welcome to week eight of the Legal Gambling Council, uh, week five of the SEC. Joining me, Nicholas Carr, Austin Gray. Gentlemen, welcome in to this week's edition. I guess we have one game tomorrow if we're feeling really froggy about picking uh, the Red Wolves versus the Nears. But uh, if not, nevertheless, welcome. Oh, it's good to be here, man. We I, this is the best. This is the best board we've had all year, and that's oh. not just because the Big Ten's back, but they are back. It's hard to believe it's week eight. That's insane. Well, it it's because they they're, they're mislabeled. I mean, it's hard to believe it's week eight because Ole Miss is playing in what their fifth game. That's that's part of it, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We got a nice slate, as Nicholas said. Big Ten is back, so added a ton of games. I guess they have added what seven games? Is that right? Four, yeah, that's right. And then teams, Mount, right? Yeah. Mountain West has added six more, I think. Oh, all right. Uh, bad news for everyone looking to uh, support the troops. No line on Army this week as they play Mercer, so you can't jump on the Knights. Um, but we got a ton more we've got a couple pages here so without further ado nick the keys i have reared back as tyler myers would be doing in the bullpen now getting the getting the right (laughs) wing loose i have uh thrown them to you so go ahead crank out the van and let's uh let's get going all right uh light slate in the sec i think there's just four games this week, a ton of teams are on by. You know, it's always good to have a buy early in the season. That way, when COVID strikes in mid-November, we have a bunch of games to just get canceled. Um, so, we'll start off with. Sorry for for dropping some optimism in here. We'll start off with. Uh, let's go with the big one, Alabama at Tennessee. It's the fourth Saturday in October game. <laughs> the big one. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I said the big one should have been because of the line. You can get it anywhere from Alabama minus twenty one to twenty one and a half. The over under is at an even sixty six. I'm not going to lock it in at, at all, but I'm not. Gonna, I'm also not going to spend a lot of time on it. Um, Tennessee is a fucking mess. Uh, Jared Guarantano is terrible. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt is firing people mid game. Apparently, um, <laughs> yeah. Just it's yeah. Just a, just another reminder that uh, some people wanted Ole Miss to hire that dumbass. Um, I'm laying the points. Alabama. Uh, now Georgia did get a little stupid and a little cute and tried to throw the ball. When I think now I don't know if they would have won, but they quit running the football and Alabama did what Alabama does. And uh, Mac Jones threw the ball around. Uh, I I don't think that this game is one of those good old. Bama Vol matchups where, you know, throw out the record books and all that. No, like Tennessee's not good. Uh, I think Alabama's defense got a ton of confidence back last week after Ole Miss embarrassed them. And I think the the Crimson Tide rolls here. I tend to agree. I, I think a bit of a letdown spot here for Bama potentially, but that obviously does not mean that they're at risk to lose the game. I, I think, if anything, it just maybe Tennessee hangs around for a half when they, they might not have otherwise. But um, there's just no way the Tennessee offense can keep pace with Bama once they're firing on all cylinders or just firing on most cylinders, really. Um we, we sort of thought Tennessee was fraudulent anyway, even during that eight-game win streak or whatever when they were beating up on Vandy and Mizzou and Kentucky last year. So I think Tennessee is who we thought they were. They're, you know, solid defensively, above-average offensive line, but that's about it. They're, they're really thin at skill positions. Running back is okay, but if you're no threat to throw the ball, then most SEC defenses can stack the box and beat you. That's what Bama's going to do. I think it really just comes down to how badly Saban wants to run it up but there's uh no way i'm touching it but you can't take the points at all it's either a lay the lay the number with alabama or stay away yeah i'm interested to see if, if alabama can put can continue putting up these offensive numbers week after week after week and not from a you know will a defense shut them down so much as i mean you guys saw it last week i mean it's 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 really difficult to be essentially perfect 
you know, multiple weeks in a row. And Mac Jones was really good against Texas A&M. He was extremely good against Ole Miss. He was really good last week. And I just wonder if at some point he won't have a bad game, just so much as a game that they don't throw the ball quite as much. They, they're more – maybe just a little sleepier. I mean, I don't – I'm not taking a, an in-depth look at Alabama's schedule. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm pulling it up here. But, um, you know, they, they have MSU next week in a bye week, so it's not really like a look-ahead spot. But they've had three tough games – three tough games offensively, at least, at least in a row. Tennessee's defense not terrible. Um, 18th in the country, according to Bill C. Uh, the offense is bad, 82. I, I wonder if at some point we might just see Alabama win a game. Well, I don't know, 34 to 17. I don't think Tennessee I'll, can get 17, though. I really don't. I'll spin zone it here a little bit. Maybe this is a game where Bama tries to be a little balanced. Or maybe just kind of take it easy, rest the wing a little bit for Mac Jones, and try to run Najee Harris and just win a, a weird one. But Tennessee, like you said, good defense. Um, we talk a lot about Henry Toto and and their run defense is pretty solid. So I feel like this could be a game where they try to do that and Najee gets bottled up a little bit. And then Saban is just like, all right, fuck it. Like, let Mac throw it around and – Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith are going to do what they do, and that's it. Like, I, I just – nobody can can stop them right now, so I just think that that's just what's going to happen. It's something else that we can't really account for here is this turmoil in the locker room. There, there does appear to be some stuff going on behind the scenes at Tennessee. You, ha- you have to also wonder where Garantano's head's at after getting pulled last week and having just a terrible outing against Kentucky. Uh, as I said, it's a, it's a, it's a complete stay away well, because – go ahead, Zach. Well, as I said, it's a great point because I just talked about Henry Toto. He posted on Instagram a picture of Hunter Johnson, the backup – and did the fingers crossed emoji. So like, is there yeah. a quarterback controversy in the locker yeah. room? Is it a little divided or is Yeah, the, and there's shots shots fired on the ground. You yeah. Well, you can't handicap that. I mean, what are what, they what, what are they spray hour? what are they spray painting on the rock up there? What 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 Mauer is did he transfer? I mean, where where what happened to him? He was a starter last year until he kind of got banged up. Uh, I mean, I think they had somebody hit the portal like last week, didn't they? What a mess. I think honestly, these are a lot of questions that are just leading me to say lay the points. (laughs) All right. Uh, I think there's enough on that game. That's a game the only way Alabama doesn't cover is if they play with their food. I think we could all agree with that. They're 21 points better than Tennessee, there's no doubt. Um, All right, next game, uh, 7 o'clock on the Bayou. Yeah, you can get it anywhere from six to six and a half. LSU is the favorite against South Carolina, and that over-under is 55 and a half. I'm taking South Carolina out, right? I like it. I think uh, they proved not only that they can hang on both sides of the football last week, I think they proved that they're kind of for real. Um that defense, as we, we we hyped them up last week, best third down defense in the country. They got uh, Bo Nix and company off the field a ton. I like Will Muschamp, may, maybe a little bit reinvigorated. Um, maybe the proverbial hot seat is is cooled down a bit. Uh, I, I never thought he was on one in a COVID year, but that conversation always happens with Muschamp every single year. Uh, I think LSU's a mess. Uh, they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, especially with you, you've got some self-imposed penalties that came out today at Orgeron's got some pictures that are leaking um, <laughs> as uh, our, our buddy two yards mentioned in our Slack channel today. That was kind of the end that started the end at Ole Miss when Ole Miss started losing. And then you started seeing pictures of Hugh freeze at Funky's drinking started coming out and, that was kind of when like the fans start to turn on you a little bit. Yeah. Where it's like, why aren't we winning? And then you're out doing this and that. I just feel like LSU is in very, very slippery territory here. I think they're going to start a freshman at quarterback. I think that Miles Brennan is still dealing with that hip issue. Um, I just don't believe in LSU at all right now. And it's not like playing in Death Valley is is 
you know its normal self it's not a full capacity game and i think south carolina is going to be a little hungry to try to steal one and that line's not a ton and i just think the gamecocks win it are, are you locking it in no i'm not locking it in but i like the gamecocks a lot here yeah, I mean, no, there's nothing you said I, I disagree with about LSU. I mean, South Carolina has pleasantly surprised me so far this year. I mean, you look back at that, that Tennessee game in week one, if, if, you know, the guy doesn't fumble or muff a punt, whatever, the mm-hmm. guy got in the way of a punt, they may win that game. So I, I don't think the South Carolina team's bad. I was impressed with how they played last week against Auburn. Um I don't. I'm not going to lock it in. I definitely think they cover these points. Uh, I do think if you're if you're really really willing to put a bet on this game, the over looks pretty good. But I haven't seen any evidence LSU can stop anyone. Yeah, I agree with with both of you. These feel like two ships passing in the night. I mean, Muschamp is is sort of <laughs> like you know gotten on his feet, got some momentum. He's going to save his job. You know, Zach said maybe his job was never actually in jeopardy, but it certainly felt that way. So um, they're believing, and as Nick said, they they could have won in in week one and looked good last week, looked competent. I think. That's what I. That's how I would describe them. They're just competent. You know, they're capable at every position. Mm-hmm. I don't see a position where they're just awful or terrible. Now they're not elite anywhere either. Um, but LSU, as Zach noted, it's weird how pictures start to leak and we start to hear rumors when teams begin to lose or backslide. It feels like that's where we are now with LSU. Brennan has the dreaded hockey injury designation of lower body injury so who knows how (laughs) significant that actually is it kind of feels like and i think there were rumors to this effect on lsu message boards it kind of feels like this may just be orgeron's excuse to play the young guys and and rather than having to say he's benching brennan he gives him this this vague injury tag um so I don't, you know, I don't like rolling out a, a, a freshman against a competent and capable SEC defense. Muschamp certainly knows what he's doing on that side of the ball. Um, no significant home field advantage for LSU here. I think you have to take the Gamecocks. I just don't know who LSU is at this point to lay points to any SEC team not named Vanderbilt. So I'm taking the Gamecocks and the points. Yeah, and I think LSU too. I think teams are are, are understanding that this is not a typical season you know on the road at baton rouge and this may be the year you can go in and grab one because yep. you don't you know this is only their second home game because of you know having to flip-flop it with, with missouri but because teams you know don't have that that huge crowd on saturday night death valley but they're thinking hey we you know we, we go in and win one i mean at this point i think that you know i, I think coming into the season must is kind of coaching for his job and i think with a win here i mean you know things are looking great for him you know, going forward. So, all right. Uh, the next game is a game that I don't really get the line um, at all. Uh, Kentucky travels to Missouri. The over/under is minus four and a half. Maybe I do get that line, but the over the excuse me, the over/under is forty-seven and a half, and it's Kentucky minus four and a half. I just, I mean, I'll just say my piece here. I, I'd probably take Kentucky. I just think they're a better team. That Missouri, the m- most, you know impressive thing I've seen so far from Missouri this year was what they did against LSU. Uh, they didn't play last week, but I still think, I mean, I just think Kentucky's kind of a kind of a decent team. I mean, other than what you saw against Ole Miss, they, they played three pretty good games. So I, I would take Kentucky here. Yeah, I um, this is a weird one for me. I'm going to go on the other side of you, Nick. I think Missouri covers here, but I think Kentucky wins just kind of a weird game i think kentucky might be in a little bit of a hangover after that huge emotional win over tennessee where they just dragged them um but two soundly fundamental teams missouri you know austin mentioned how south carolina doesn't do anything great but they're just good at every spot missouri is always good on defense and i feel like this is a game where they may not be able to win it but I feel like they're going to keep it close. Uh, Kentucky wins this one, you know, maybe like 27-21 type game. Um, but I like uh, – or I guess I should say like a 24-21, so Missouri covers. Um, yeah, it'll be close like that. Like just never in doubt. Like Missouri never really threatens, but they keep it close and cover. 
agree, Zach. I, I think the line is telling, as Nick sort of mentioned. It, it's it feels like a weird line, and I think the number tells us what Vegas expects, um, which is a close, grinded out Kentucky win, and that's how Kentucky tends to win. Uh, I know last week they beat the hell out of Tennessee, but they had 14 points in picks, and. Uh, didn't do a lot down the stretch they didn't have to do a lot they just suffocated tennessee when it when it mattered but uh i don't think they can do that to mizzou i think mizzou is more similar to ole miss than they are to tennessee and they're going to take some shots downfield and kentucky struggled to defend ole miss in the in the vertical passing game at times um i think kentucky comes out of there with a win but their style of play it's it's just always difficult to lay anything over a score i love them when they're you know touchdown dogs or short short dogs even but when you you ask a team like that to win by more than a field goal, it gets tricky. I think it's one of those weird Kentucky wins, Mizzou covers, and I'm not willing to bet on on any of it. Yeah. All right. The last game is a big one, the actual big one. If we're looking at over-unders, you can get it anywhere from 70.5 to 71, uh, and it's Auburn on the road in Oxford, 11 a.m., minus three or three and a half, depending on which where you're looking. I've gone back and forth on this one. I feel like this is a game where Ole Miss rebounds and plays well on both sides. I just think it's just a game that they just can't win. Um... I don't know if it's just Kevin Steele and that defense figuring something out to frustrate Ole Miss. I still think this is a game where Matt Corral plays like he did in the first couple weeks, um, takes care of the football. I think they mix the run in with the pass to help him kind of balance things out. I don't know. I just got a weird feeling about this one. And I don't know if this is like a subconscious emotional hedge. I think that Auburn just kind of figures out a way to eke one out. I think Ole Miss covers, so maybe a late field goal win for Auburn. Um, I don't know. I've gone back and forth the last couple days on this one. Um, I could see either or. Like, I could see Auburn coming out and really handling things and suffocating Ole Miss. Uh, I could also see Ole Miss coming out and playing like they did in the first couple weeks and the defense playing like they did last week and frustrating Bo Nix and, you know, winning by, you know, seven to ten points. Um, Yeah, again, I don't know. Maybe subconscious emotional hedge. I I think Auburn wins and Ole Miss covers. Yeah, let me just first offer my apologies to Matt Corral and, and the Ole Miss fan base for dooming him in last week's performance. I think I said on the pod <laughs> going into that game that we could absolutely count on Matt Corral killing it, showing up against everybody. <laughs> and he killed it. He certainly did kill it, just not in the way that I expected. Um no, I, I look. I, I expect a big bounce back from Corral. Now, the problem is Auburn's defense is probably better than Arkansas's defense. Although Odom has that squad playing really, really well, um, still is a good defensive coordinator too. Though, as Zach mentioned, Auburn's got athletes. Their roster is still significantly better than ours, even though they're they're down this year. Um, I think you really have to ask if you think Ole Miss wins. It's the question is, can we turn it into a shootout? You know, can we make Chad Morris and and Nick's try to keep up with us? Um, and I think it's possible. Uh, I just don't know if it's likely, and I'm not willing to bet on it. Um, I think in order to win the game, we're going to have to win a, a track meet, and that that's the way we're going to have to win games all season. So, can we force tempo and the pace of play? If not, if it if it bogs down, I think Auburn maybe imposes their will on us at the line of scrimmage uh, on both sides of the ball, perhaps. And as Zach says, Auburn wins an ugly one, you know, by, by three or a touchdown. If we can get them in a tennis match here, back and forth, you know, if the game gets in the 30s and the 40s, I like us to win outright, not just cover. But, but I don't know that we can dictate pace in this one. So I'm going to have to sit it out and just hope that um, that corral bounces back. And I expect them to. Yeah, I hate the line here. I mean, I love the opening line at six, 
because I really feel like this is a game Ole Miss could play within a touchdown. But, you know, at three, I mean, it's not the NFL uh, in terms of, you know, you're not going to have a one- or two-point game. It, it, typically, a college football game, you know, when a team's, you know, underdogs by three, if they cover, they win outright. And I don't know that we do that. I mean, I don't know that, you know, unless it comes down to a, a late field goal or, you know, a late – you know, miss PAT or two point conversion and overtime type deal. I just, I don't think it's a three within a three point game. I think that, that Auburn's going to win probably, probably anywhere from four, four to seven. Um, and I think if you could have gotten that opening line at six and a half, you, you probably felt pretty good, especially if you, you know, bought the extra point up to seven at this point, you know, I wouldn't touch it at all. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably look at the over just because I think that Ole Miss is going to bounce back. Uh, and I think Ole Miss breaks 30. Um, at that point, you just need Auburn, you know, somewhere in the mid to high 30s at that point. I think that happens. Uh, I, I said over, you know, 31, 37, 31. Seems like a good score. That'd be slightly under. But it wouldn't shock me if that this game was played at, you know, 42, 38 or something like that. So I, I would take that. Um Ole Miss offensively is is got to have a big bounce back week. I think they will. Uh, getting into the 40s seems like a big ask, but I definitely think they're playing in the mid 30s. You know, Kevin Steele. I don't know if he's a better coordinator than Odom. Certainly got better players, but I also think you know you, you're going to have some self scouting from Levy and, and you know Corral and, and Kiffin to say, hey, you know, obviously what we did last week didn't work at all. You know, can we retool, you know, the entire game plan in a week? I think we're going to, you know, see Ole Miss be able to do that. So I, I would lean Auburn uh, and I lean over, I guess, if those were my two my two picks. And, and let me just say this here. I know you guys touched on it in your recap of the game against Arkansas. But, you know, I, I've seen handicappers and heard on podcasts where a turnover can be worth anywhere from three to five points when you're handicapping a game. So we threw, what, six picks last week? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Now, I know th- those plays happen, and you can't take them off the board. But from a handicapping standpoint, that's a lot of points that Ole Miss left on the table. You you, you just have that. It's a whole different ball game. Um, so, again, if you're applying that, paying that forward for this week and trying to forecast our production and how many points we should put on the board, you know, as Nick said, I, I think it's safe to assume we get in the low 30s. If we can play at a higher pace than that, we can make it interesting. Yeah, and Bill C. By the way, had this game. You know, if this game's played a hundred times, almost went fifty-four of them. Interesting so point was is that you know those, and it's a little bit of luck. I mean, that those granted, obviously, where you throw the interception matters a ton. But when we threw two pick sixes. That's not typical. Yeah. One third of all interceptions are not brought back for mm-hmm. touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So that's not something that happens. You know, in a ton of games, if if those two plays don't happen, it's a completely different game. Um, two, you know, two pick sixes on top of having the ball in the one and not scoring twice, twice, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, if you play that game a hundred times, Ole Miss wins more than half of them. So, I, mean, yeah. I think that goes a lot into predicting. Yeah, and that's something that you know, kind of going against what I said earlier, should make you feel pretty good as an Ole Miss fan because. All of that, six picks, two were taken back for touchdowns. Olmus didn't score on the one twice, and they still had a chance to win the game. So defense really played well, and the offense was, you know, was bad, but also was pretty good because, like we talked about, Nick, on the um, on the recap show, I mean, you had the ball with three minutes, and in that second half, you know, Corral was really good up until the end of that second half. So, um, yeah, he, he played a much better fourth quarter, and I, I think you know those right. last two picks, which the last one doesn't really count for me. No, it doesn't. You know, notwithstanding, you know, there's something to build on there that second half. Yeah. Uh, All right. We're going to take our break. And then on the other side, we'll talk some more games and then uh, give you our locks. I haven't given any yet. Ben has sent his in. So we'll give you Ben's locks. So we'll get you a full slate of locks. We'll give you all 12 on the other side. So hang tight. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellions, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going... Be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the Rooftop Bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold, classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Back here on Podcast Rebellion, Legal Gambling Council, Week Eight, Week Five of the SEC. All right, Nick, we got. Do we have any more SEC games, or is that it? I think that's it, right? That's it. That's okay. the whole slate. All right. Do we want to jump into locks? We want to go ahead and jump in. I can start, and then we'll go around. Start it. Start us off. All right. First lock of Week Eight. I am going to turn to just up the road. I'm going to take the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders to cover. 
Um, I think they're going to cover, and I think they could win. Um, Rice is only favored by three and a half, and the projected margin is .1 per Bill C in his SP Plus numbers. So this, to me, just is Bill telling us that this is a coin flip. Um, I think Middle Tennessee has kind of found something offensively. Uh, Astro Harris kind of coming into his own at quarterback. He's kind of thrust into it after it felt like Brent Stockstill was in Murfreesboro for nine years. Um, I think that Middle Tennessee goes and, and steals one on the road. Um, if they don't steal one, I think they at least cover because I just – I know nothing about Rice, but I just don't think they're very good. Um, so I'm going to take Middle Tennessee plus three and a half. Uh, Zach, I feel like you kind of buried the lead here. How did we do last week? Oh, well, uh, for those that are curious, uh, the LGC went eight and four last week. Uh, we are currently sitting at right at 58% clip for the season, 44 and 32 overall. Um, Nick and myself both went a combined 6 and 0, and uh, Ben and Austin went a combined 2 and 4. But um, I'd say Austin had a bad beat with UCF blowing a huge lead. That's just. Uh, yeah, always, always uh, fun. One of your games is featured on SVP's bad beats. Yeah, condolences to the Grays. Um, watching that one unfold, I believe it's the largest comeback ever in Memphis football history. Um, Love that. Houston had, I feel like they had that game late in the third, and then just kind of folded. BYU kind of came out of nowhere. The Mormon Menzel made some plays. Um, and then, you know, Ben locked in the Ole Miss game. And look, at the time, I didn't hate the lock. Um, I think we all thought Ole Miss would, would handle Arkansas. And then Miami um, did not fare well in week they seven. They won by 12 points. So, I mean, he was That's right tough. on the number at 13. Yeah. Right. So, um, still a great week after we had a couple lackluster back-to-back five and sevens as a unit. Um, but yeah, great week. So I got MTSU plus three and a half, um, to start things off. Austin, you want to hit us with your first one? Yeah, I I think I'm sensing a theme. We're going to have some ugly ass picks if we're leading with, with MTSU. So (laughs) I want, I want to contribute to it. Let me get in on Illinois plus 19 and a half. There it is. Wisconsin. So the big 10 is back. And I think we have to reset our approach a little bit here. Think back eight weeks ago to the beginning of football season or five weeks ago, however you want to slice it, when the games were ugly, right? Those teams that were playing their first weeks, mm-hmm. they were sloppy. There were a lot of unders. Pace of play sucked. Okay, now multiply all of that times the Big Ten. And this is just going to be garbage football, right? This is going to be terrible. Illinois was not a terrible team last year. I think they actually won six games, if memory serves. Wisconsin just lost their quarterback for the year, I think. Definitely mm-hmm. out for this week. Yeah, he's out for the year. Um, yeah, the backup is capable, and they will be fine down the stretch. They will look like Wisconsin always looks. They'll have a capable running back or a couple of capable running backs and a pretty solid defense. I just think in week one, there, there's going to be some rust. 19 and a half is a lot of points against a not awful opponent um, with no home field advantage. Give me the fighting Alana. All right, uh, Zach, do you have Ben's? You don't have to give it analysis, but you can go ahead and throw in one of his, and I'll I'll, I'll round this out. Yeah, I'll give you one uh, because he stole it from me, but we'll give it to him since he is uh, throwing in an absentee ballot this week. Uh, Penn State minus six. I love this pick. Um, they're at Indiana, but I just think that the Nittany Lions are going to be the better team here. And six is not a lot of points. Um, maybe the Hoosiers keep it close early, but I just feel like talent, the Jimmys and Joes are going to win out here in the opener. As Austin said, it's going to be ugly football. So I think early on I'd take, uh, I'd take totals for Big Ten games. Their first week I'd take the totals. I'd uh, typically lean under. Um, 
but also I do like the minus six for the Nittany Lions. So good pick by Ben. So I think that's a I think that's a gimme there in my opinion. Austin, didn't you didn't you have a uh, an opposing take on this one? Yeah, I'm a little contrarian on this one. First <laughs> of all, I, look, Penn State lost their All American running back right um, to an undisclosed medical situation it sounds like it's not covid but there is a a serious medical issue there and their all-american linebacker opted out for the season you're you are right zach ben is right top to bottom penn state certainly has the better roster but tom allen's got the better quarterback in this game kid that was hurt last year for indiana didn't get to play much um they're not bad the wide receiver position he's got a a good running back a seasoned (laughs) offensive line i think indiana makes this a game and may win it outright but did go ahead does antoine randall l have any more eligibility (laughs) that we didn't know about it's Penix, i think is how you pronounce it you got to be careful with that pronunciation yeah that's that's way too much information his last name is pin 15 yes pin 15 club Okay. Uh, I will say I will add on Penn State. They they go they host Ohio State the next week, so I feel like that's it right. Might be you know I mean it's, it's crazy as it is to say kind of a look ahead spot in their opening game. Just I do think that they win, but I mean I definitely think that you're going to be preparing for Ohio State next week. I mean, I nothing think be. nothing on the other side of it. So barring solid verbal uh, terminology here, is this an open face look ahead sandwich? <laughs> this is an open face. <laughs> look ahead sandwich you'd be crazy if you're if you're you know penn state not to be looking ahead okay. just because that's your whole season i'm with uh, you ben i like i week. like this pick i like I was and look y'all, y'all are also just underestimating the lightly used Ole miss staff that makes up the indiana football staff i mean <laughs> the secondary market for those guys Kane Womack. Been, yeah bro all right nick all right, what y- you got y'all want to talk about respecting the troops and i and and I think that we here on this podcast are in favor of respecting the truce. We we watched our Air Force disrespect the hell out of Navy a few weeks ago and what we thought at the time was going to be their only game. Uh, they're back uh, uh, for their second act of the season. They faced San Jose State. It's at San Jose State, uh, and they're giving seven points. Uh, now, Bill C's got the game at eight and a half, but I'm just going through the numbers. And you guys tell me if I'm, tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, what happens to bad defenses when they face the option? Uh, they tend to get exposed. Final answer. Play after play after play after play. And it happens a lot over and over again. This San Jose State team has got the 116th best defense in the country. And it's their first game of the season. And this is Air Force's second game of the season. And they've had three weeks to prepare since their first game, and y'all have heard the old adage, you improve most from your first game to your second game. Well, they had three weeks to figure out what what they were doing wrong between weeks one and week two. This is going to be a beatdown. Air Force is better. I mean, Jimmy's and Joe's, Air Force is always going to have better players. I feel like in San Jose State, I mean, especially right now, I mean, it, as crazy as that is to say, they, they do recruit a different caliber of athlete than San Jose State. I mean, that's not, that's not Fresno State out there or New Mexico or, or Colorado State. You know, San Jose State is, is getting scraping the bottom of the barrel. So that Air Force minus seven on the road, you lock that up. Do you As, know who the quarterback is for San Jose State? Is it is it Ole Miss related? No, I have no idea. <laughs> it is Nick Starkle. Oh <laughs> shit! Oh, maybe they don't recruit a better player. Oh. No, I, I'm still. I don't care. <laughs> Nick, Golly, Nick Starkle. Nick is is Carol Danvers would say. Higher, faster, stronger, baby. <laughs> Go Falcons. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a great pick. I didn't see that one. That is a uh, – that's very good. Um, all right, so my second one. Whew. Um, man, there's a lot of good games to pick this week. Uh, let's see. Hmm. I can go again if you know. It's gonna be a snake draft. No, you know. Let's uh, let's do it. Um, they've been good to me this year. I'm gonna ride the uh, I'm gonna ride the Bill Clark Magic City train. (laughs) 
We're going to go UAB plus one against Louisiana. Um, I think Billy Napier and the and the Cajuns are uh, struggling a bit here, and I like what the Blazers have done so far this season. Um, yeah, that's it. Blazers plus one. Let's do it. So that game's at UAB, right? It is, in fact, in Magic City. So Bill Clark could get down to Auburn for an interview and back. You think maybe <laughs> after the, that's right after the yeah. game? Yeah. God, I forgot about him. Yeah, that'd be a great hire for Auburn. Yeah, absolutely. Come on, Tim Cook. <laughs> uh, who's up? Me. Yeah, I go can. Ahead. I can throw out one of Ben's real quick. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Uh, ben had another good one that I like. Um. I'm trying to find it here on the sheet so I can speak to it. Uh, we have got Liberty minus 10. Uh, they're hosting the Mustard Buzzards of Southern Miss. Old fucking game day storyline circle jerk here with Hugh Freeze <laughs> going against his alma mater. Uh, Southern Miss sucks. Uh, and Liberty minus 10 here. That's a good pick. Liberty is doing what decent teams do to bad teams, and they're beating them up. So another good pick for, for old Benjamin. Yeah, I like that. Uh, give me Iowa State against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. What am Ooh. I getting? Three and a half? Yeah, so yeah, here's the deal. Yeah. After Iowa State stumbled out of the blocks and looked terrible against Lafayette to open the season, they're quietly maybe the best team in the Big 12. Um, I think they prove it this week against OK State, who's got a defense that's pretty good on paper, but I think that's that's fraudulent given I think it's a product largely of who they've played. Oklahoma State probably should have lost to Tulsa early in the season and managed to eke one out. I like Matt Campbell. I like Iowa State on both sides of the ball. Again, with no real home field advantage at Oklahoma State, uh, I think I'm getting the better team in the points. So give me Iowa State, who covers and may win outright. I'll be honest, Austin. I was I was on the other side. I was really thinking about it. Oklahoma State is my, is my second lock, and, and I went and kind of looked at the, the numbers you mentioned Oklahoma State beating Tulsa. I just have a question for you guys. Uh, what's Tulsa doing with their schedule? I mean, I get it's COVID. I mean, I know what they're doing, but like they played a game in week three. So they played Oklahoma State on September 19th. Didn't play again until the 3rd of October. And this is their next game uh, this, this weekend against South Florida. They've played two games in seven weeks. I, I just don't know how, as a football <laughs> player, you, you go to practice every day. What are they doing? That is weird. I mean, I know they've had games canceled. They had the Houston game canceled, and I think one more canceled. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of a hodgepodge. But it's just a, a bizarre season. Can you imagine, you know, practicing for eight or nine weeks, and you've got no, two games in? That would that is football, crazy. Football practice sucks. No one likes football <laughs> practice. You 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 play to play the game, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be not to practice the game. Yeah, that's All a right. uh, that's a good pick there, uh, Austin. I like that one. We'll see. Old Chuba, old Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba, <laughs> Chewbacca. I think that I think it's going to be one of the better games of the weekend because I, I I really like Oklahoma State here, and I mean we've we've seen what Iowa State can do. Has um, the shine team that can seek into the Big Twelve title game? Ask uh, this: Has the shine fallen off Matt Campbell a little bit? Uh. <sighs> Since that game against Lafayette, I mean, they've been pretty daggum good. Okay. I'm just asking. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Nick. I mean, I'm not necessarily buying more Matt Campbell stock. I think you're probably safe to hold at this point, but I'm definitely not selling Matt Campbell stock if I've got it. Mm -hmm. All right, Nick, what you got? All right, we talk about ugly games, and and we've probably gone too much Big Ten here because you don't know what's going to happen in the first week of the season. You know, in, in these Big Ten games, but and I have no idea the weather. I assume, like any game in East Lansing, it's probably going to be raining. Oh, in the God. <laughs> oh no! So I looked. I looked hard at Michigan State minus the thirteen points, 
But I'm just not sure if I trust Michigan State to beat any team by two scores, even if that team is Rutgers. Both teams got new coaches. Oh, no. I think this mm-hmm. is going to be an absolute ugly uh, – I mean, I don't – rock fight is probably too nice. It's just – they're each going to put a, a bar of soap in a sock and beat each other with it. Yeah, because at least rocks get thrown in rock fights. They're not going to yeah. throw anything in this game. <laughs> They're running the rock right up. So this is under 44 and a half. I think this is one of those games that you see in 20 to 7, you know, 17 to 6 type. I don't, And I don't think there's going to be any reason for Michigan State to, to come out and really impress. Just, I mean, even if they could impress, I just don't – Think that they've got any reason to? They they play they go to Michigan the next week and then at Iowa. So obviously, if they do have an opportunity to score a bunch of points, they may not want to uh, just to kind of you know hold something back for the Michigan and the Iowa games. I don't think that they're going to have that chance though. I think again, I haven't seen the weather, but if I had to guess, it's going to be ugly, rainy. There'll be as many fans there as there probably would have been had they allowed fans. Um, so under forty four and a half in this one. I think the highs are in the low 40s. Mm, yeah. I don't know if you're talking temperatures or over-under, but yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and look, Mel Tucker basically said this week, too, in his presser, that they were going to run the ball, run it some more, and then run the ball a little bit oh, more. I, I think this, you're dead on with this. This is just this is peak Big Ten football. All right. Um Last one here. And I had a couple that I was trying to settle on. Um, I'm going to go Notre Dame Pitt over 43 and a half. Really wanted to lock in uh, Notre Dame here, minus 10 and a half, but I think I'm safe hitting the over here. Only 43 and a half. Pitt, um, not a bad uh, team offensively. Uh, I think that I, I've said that a bunch this year on our, on our show, um, where I've said that, you know, I like Notre Dame as a team, but they just don't seem that explosive to me. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I feel like this is going to be an over, I feel like this is kind of a play with your food type deal. Um, But again, now that I'm thinking about it, it seems that Pitt might be starting Joey Yellen at quarterback over Kenny Pickett, uh, which is kind of problematic now that I'm looking at it. So, yeah, I think Pickett was out last game too, right? Was he? Fuck. Yeah. Um, You're what, you know. Give Ben's pick. Zach can go. I mean, Austin can go. I'll go. You can loop back around to it. There's. We don't have to lock this in just yet. If, if you're having okay. buyer's remorse, is that uncouth? I mean, no, I guess it has been. I guess it hasn't been. Unless officially. someone is sitting here listening to it and, and <laughs> typing in every bet as we go, they're not going to have. I don't think they're yet. capable of doing that. Uh, all right. Well, shit. Let me think about it. Uh, actually, no, I don't. I'll scratch it. Um, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just do it because I wrote them all the time last year and they were good to me. I'm going to go Boise State minus 16 and a half against Utah State. Uh, I think the Broncos are going to come out of the gates firing against the Aggies of Utah State. I uh, really like what our boy Brian Harson has built at Albertson Stadium. Uh, we are all uh, very aware of how much I, uh, the, I guess, the affinity I have for Mr. Harson. I thought that Ole Miss should have taken a long look at him before they hired Lane Kiffin, before we thought that that was a possibility. Uh, and I like the Broncos here to uh, to make a statement in their first game on the blue turf. So. Broncos minus sixteen and a half. Lock it up. Or you got it sixteen, Nick. Yeah, there's one. It's anywhere from sixteen to seventeen. So that and, okay. and I want to say we'll take don't 16. forget that there are night games these these last couple of weeks. Heck, I think the Ole Miss Alabama game was the last game of the day. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a number of games on television that kick off after 9 p.m. Central. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, get excited. Who cares if you win the bet or not? The fact is, is that you can place a bet of a game that's not going to end until after midnight. Yeah. All right, we'll give Ben's last pick. Uh, To no one's surprise, he is very high on uh, Mr. Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. Um, And I don't really blame him here. Uh, Justin Fields wanting to come out and make a statement. Uh, Ohio State hosting the Cornhuskers. I personally think Nebraska is trash. I think that Scott Frost is a false prophet. And uh, (laughs) the folks in Lincoln... Are I don't know if they're ever gonna get tired of Scott Frost because they're that weird bunch that he's their guy literally and figuratively like he played there and I don't think they'll ever come to terms with he may not be good enough but um yeah I mean the Buckeyes love to make statements in Week One early on in the season whether it's Urban Meyer whether it's Ryan Day and I think that Justin Fields has got a lot of ground to make up in the Heisman conversation so yeah I like this pick that that, that Ben's taking here. Uh, I think the Buckeyes roll. Yeah, and that's something Ohio State does, too. They cover early in the season. I think we said back to when Urban Meyer was there, he liked to do it early in the year for the uh, for the boosters. This is a game, you know, you kind of name your score. Uh, Ohio State will dial it up here, 45-7, to 52-14. to I, They're going to beat them badly. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out, too, that in this shortened season, Ohio State's best argument for making the playoff might be just beating the hell out of five or six teams because the Big Ten's rules are such mm-hmm. that I don't think anybody's going to play a complete season in the Big Ten. So if they only get in five or six games, Ohio State needs to roll everybody they play. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You got Me? one more? Yeah, so I'm going back and forth here because we have a golden rule game on the board. I don't think I'm going to bet it, but it's the first one of the year, as I recall, um, and that's Cincinnati, who is the higher-ranked team, is an underdog to SMU, the lower-ranked team. SMU is favored by two, two two-and-a-half. Those usually do pretty well against the spread year over year. I'm going a different direction, though. I'm going to lay the 19-and-a-half or whatever the number is with Kansas State against Kansas. Um, mm. Kansas lost their best player and Puka Williams this week. They're not a good team anyway, and now they're worse. Um, I know K State's down there starting quarterback, but they've been without him now for a couple of weeks, and they had a bye week last week to get ready. Um, this is a rivalry game, and you know it's not an, an important rivalry game or a noteworthy one, rather. But surely it means something to Kansas State to go out there and roll Kansas, put them out of their misery early in the season. Three touchdowns, I don't think is too much to ask here. So uh, lay the points with the Wildcats. Yep, I like it. I like it. All right, last game. This is almost, you know, you talk about gold rule game. This is almost kind of a just a by-the-book play because I'm looking through Baylor stats, and I don't love anything about them, truthfully. I don't – Charlie Brewer's been okay. Um, they haven't really ran the ball uh, very well. John Lovett's averaging, you know, 3.25 uh, yards a carry, which is not good. Uh, Charlie Brewer can run it a little bit. I, I, there's not a ton I love about Baylor, but for the fact that I watched Texas get, you know, trashed in a number of games defensively. I mean, that, that game against Oklahoma was a track meet. Uh, they gave up 33 points to TCU, 56 points to Texas Tech. Uh, no, they did shut down UTEP, but I don't think that's anything you can really hang your hat on. And Baylor's getting nine points this week. And I, Baylor's been a, a thorn in people's sides. They got Dave Aranda. Is turn that defense around. Um, again, the offense not been great, but I don't know that Texas is capable of beating another Big Ten, Big Twelve team that's not named Kansas by more than one score. So this is kind of a principal play here. I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting nine and a half. And I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, it, that, that line opened at fourteen. There's a reason it was bet down from fourteen to nine and a half. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'm still gonna keep it there. Baylor, Baylor plus nine and a half. That 14 is outrageous. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think there, I mean, you don't see a, a many lines move five plus points. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's because that line was ridiculous. I, I mean, again, what has Texas shown to say that they won't give up a touchdown late to someone? I mean, they gave up 56 points to Texas Tech. I know that game was on the road, but, uh, you know, Texas Tech is 
not talented at all compared to Texas. Um, you know, they're kind of reeling down there at Texas. And I just think that Baylor, Baylor's been a thorn in their side since they came over to the Big 12. And I think that I'll continue. Yeah, and the other thing is the band is not playing the eyes of Texas, so that's got to be worth what three, five points something. Yeah, well, that maybe that's why the line came down from fourteen. There it is. This is a good pick. I like this one. All right, Austin. What was your last pick? I, I think uh, we had K State laying nineteen and a half. I think against Kansas. Oh, Kansas is just – and they, they lost Puka Williams. I mean, that's yeah. just a bad, bad, bad football team. Kind of sad for old Les. Yeah. Is, is Les still back, or is he still out with COVID, or is he back? No, that's a good question. I mean, I, not that it matters, but he's – Yeah, until he's just gone in, entirely. That program's just nothing they can do. You would think with that Adidas contract, they would have figured it out on the football field too. But. <laughs> All right. I think that's uh, that'll do it. That's 12 locks. Uh, we have any final reservations? Uh, anything to say about week eight? No, I just – I do want to add, again, you know, we're going to have some late games. I'm pulling up the, the late night schedule here. And just to say that enjoy – uh, the last game of the day kicks off at 9.30. It's UNLV at San Diego State. And you got that Air Force and San Jose State game. It was also at 9.30. So I mean, we're talking about 1 a.m. football, possibly. What I mean, channel What channel be... are we looking at here, Nick? Are we going to have to fire up the Fubo? Or is this – No, um... we got we got FS1, which is traditional, you know, normal folk television yeah. for – for that Air Force game and CBS Sports Network on the other one. I knew it. And then, it. I mean, BYU is going to be playing uh, on ESPN at 9-15. So, I mean, it's pick your poison. CBS SN coming through in the clutch. We love and it. And we got a disclaimer, too, for a high-profile Big Ten game with uh, Michigan and Minnesota. Apparently, Minnesota's battling some COVID <laughs> issues. So, uh, if you're thinking about getting involved there, you oh, may want to trade no. carefully. Oh, I'm glad you said that because that was my fourth lock. Had, had one of you guys yeah. picked that. I had Minnesota. I thought they had the best, the better quarterback, the better wide receiver. I, I would like to know yeah. who's going to be out before I touch that game. I'm about to make yeah, a, I mean, there's no doubt. About to make a change there. Um. Yeah. All right. I love it. Uh, that's going to do it for. Uh, for podcast rebellion legal gambling council week eight, man, Austin, what a what a lifesaver that is. I think uh, I think that might sway me there. Uh, I was thinking about picking that one, but uh, if if the boat that they're rowing might have sprung a few leaks, it's got some leaks. Might want to tread lightly. <laughs> uh, that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, shout out to Ben who couldn't make it. Got his picks in very timely. I think he's got uh, a good threesome there if you're wanting to do a little parlay action. I like his picks. Um, but, yeah, run through them real quick before we sign off. MTSU plus 3.5, UAB plus 1.5, Boise State minus 16, Penn State minus 6, Liberty minus 10, Ohio State minus 26, Air Force minus 7, Michigan State Rutgers under 45, Baylor plus 9.5, Illinois plus 19.5, Oklahoma State minus 3.5, K-State minus 19.5. So uh, for Nick and for Austin, I am Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. And for Ben also, who uh, absentee balloted this thing. That's going to do it. We'll be back on Sunday with our hangover edition after Auburn and Ole Miss. Hope everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy the games this weekend. We out.